I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. It's your boy, Matt Havis, back at it again with the Dental Student Vibes Podcast, and today we have a very special interview for you. We have Dr. Joe Mayo. He is a, well, retired dentist from Utah. He had eight successful practices in a DDSO-type model, and he just sold them recently in 2019, and he sits down with us today to discuss all things management of multi-practices, how to run them effectively, the type of systems you need to put into place, and all things business that you need to be successful as a dentist to be the top 1%. So you really don't want to miss this. Tune in. You're going to love the episode. We had a great time talking to him. We hope to have him on soon. And as always, follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes and give us a like, comment, review. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback. As always, stay safe and vibe on. We have Dr. Joe Mayo with us tonight all the way from Utah. Dr. Joe, how are you today? I am great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me join the party there. It looks like you guys are having a great time there. Yes, you know, sir. Oh, yeah. we're, uh, we're living it up here. We're yeah. one day at a time here in Florida. But just so you all know, let's give a little introduction to Dr. Mayo. So Dr. Mayo, after proudly serving in the United States Air Force for eight years, Dr. Joe Mayo was the CEO and owner of the fastest growing dental organization in the state of Utah for nine consecutive years. He built his dental empire from six employees to over 100 across eight dental practices prior to exiting the dental industry in the late 2000, in the year of 2019. He has utilized his entrepreneurial mindset to develop over 14 companies across the medical, real estate, financing, and management industries. Dr. Mayo, that's fantastic. How do you do it all? Honestly. <laughs> Uh, well, other than luck, you know, and, and great people. No, I mean, uh, no, I, I, I had a great experience uh, doing, doing the whole thing and, uh, you know, had some amazing people along the way, had some amazing mentors. Um, you know, it's funny as I, I never thought that I was ever going to be a dentist. Um, I was actually dating my dentist's daughter at the time. I, I was thinking of physical therapy school is what I was thinking about going into. And uh, then he told me, you know, he's like, well, why are you doing that? Why don't you go be a dentist? And, and I was like, that's disgusting. I don't want to put my hands in anybody's mouth. Why, why would I want to do that? And uh, he, you know, luckily he talked me into it. And, you know, I always enjoyed working with my hands and working with people. And, and so, uh, you know, yeah, I went, went to dental school. I actually, I went to Creighton University 2001 through 2005. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a great experience. And, um, 9-11 actually happened my freshman year of dental school. I don't I, you know, some of you guys, how old were you guys when 9-11 happened? Oh man, I think I was in like fifth grade or something. Fifth grade, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was, in my, I was in like, I was in like the first grade. He's two years older than me, so. Okay. Uh, so third, third grade, grade. man. <laughs> I was, there goes your point, like, <laughs> you can't remember, we're so young. I was four, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have pre-K over here. <laughs> 
There you go. I, I love it, man. Yeah. And my daughter's 10 right now. Uh, so I have a 13 year old boy and a 10 year old daughter. Um, you know, and it, uh, we went to dental school. In fact, I think we had dental anatomy that day and we were supposed to be, you know, trying to figure out the, uh, you know, just like the numbers on the teeth or something like it was just something just so basic and showed up. And that's when uh, 9-11 happened. Um, actually thought about dropping out of dental school and going into the Marines. I mean, it was a really emotional time for everybody. Um, I was engaged at the time, not to my dentist daughter, this is to another woman. Um, and, uh, you know, just thought about, okay, well, look, let's think about this for a year. If this is something we really want to do, still having the same feelings, um, then I'll go ahead and drop out. But then, you know, a year passed, I still wanted to serve somehow. And so I actually joined up uh, in the Air Force as a dentist. Um, learned a lot of leadership skills, learned a lot about people, uh, just different things I wanted, but it was still, the military as amazing as it was, uh, still a little too structured for me. Um, that entrepreneurial bug in me just kind of wanted to kind of explore. Um, didn't, didn't have any business background or anything. I literally, um, you know, when I was getting out of the Air Force, I went to Barnes and Noble when that was still a thing, went and picked up like 10 different books in there and just started reading, just started self-educating. And, uh, you know, I th it's, it's kind of funny. You ask how, uh, the, you know, a great question. How, how do you do it? I think people just overcomplicate things in life way too much. And at the end of the day, business is about people. Um, and if you can you know, find ways to serve people, if you can find ways to make things simple, you can definitely, definitely make a successful business. So, um, yeah, just lots of great experiences along the way, lots of cool opportunities. And so it's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. And then last year, uh, just the right opportunity presented itself. Um, had a guy that had been, uh, well, usually about once a quarter, different private groups were trying to purchase our business. Um, and it was just never the right time, the right opportunity. And, uh, last year, you know, the, uh, the right number came along our way and it was a cash walk away offer. And so I took it and, uh, you know, luckily for me, it just happened to be at the right time with, uh, with everything that happened with COVID this year. Um, so yeah, right. man. Able to talk about that deal. Can we, can we go into that? I mean, we, we don't have to say any numbers, but like, that's something we definitely want to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, you 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 ask, and I'll uh, okay. I'll fire away. Oh, I'm it, was, it was eight practices, correct? Yeah. That you it was, uh -huh. right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah. oh man, because I want to start. We get, we got to go deep with you. We got to <laughs> go back to dental school. Yeah. You know. Right. So, um, but all right, let's go back to dental school. Yeah. Let's go. To okay. School. We'll we'll get there. But that's that's the exciting stuff. So yeah. now now going back to dental school. We're all in dental school right now. Um, and you know, we are very forward thinking. We've got a five, 10, maybe even 25 year vision, right? We're, we're really trying to hone in and see which direction do we want to go to. So, uh, for, for those of us out here in uh, dental school who are, you know, trying to just trying to get it, just trying to make it out here. Um, what advice would you give to the D let's go with D four Joe right before you're about to graduate. Yeah. Uh, looking back right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest advice that I would, I would say to anybody, um, you know, one, one quote I definitely like to live by is the most intentional always wins. Um, and the more intentional that you can be with your actions and the more forward thinking you can be and, and, the, and in the longer term um, right now in today's culture, it's like, you know, we want everything right now, right now, right now, you know, and I mean, I may have sold out, so I'm 42 right now. Um, you know, I may have sold out, uh, you know, last year, um, but it wasn't like this was an overnight thing. I mean, this was, you know, 19, 18 years in the making. Um, and so, you know, you guys are planning out 25 years, you're doing these things. I think what people don't understand when they're getting into dentistry, de dentistry is an amazing profession. Okay. It's a service business. And you know, you get into dentistry. I mean, I got into dentistry for, you know, a variety of reasons. I wanted a, a great job where I could make a lot of money, where I could help a ton of people. I could own my own business. Like I could do a variety of those things. But I think the thing that's often overlooked is as you're planning out, you know, you're th it's, it's very easy to think of just like, you know, a couple steps ahead. So right now being D4s, you know, you got to pass those classes, you got to graduate, you got to get those things. But you got to look at 
okay, what is more importantly, you know, for the vision for life? Okay. And when I say vision for life, your business becomes part of your life. And in our profession, unfortunately, what most people actually have is they don't, they don't have a business. They have a glorified job. And, and what I mean by that is you have to set up your business in a way that it makes money without you being there. I don't, I don't understand really why people get into this profession and they're like, well, I, you know, I want to own my own business. I want to do this. Well, is it better to have a boss that's a person or is it better to have a boss that's your business? Because, you know, a lot of these guys, they go on vacation, they're not making money, you know, the practice shuts down or, you know, they lose like one or two good employees and their entire business collapses. And so I always wanted for my vision, to me, it was always about freedom of three, three things, freedom of time, money, and energy. And so I wanted to create something in our business that gave me all three of those things, you know, cause at the end of the day, are you serving your business or is your business serving your life? Right. So, you know, as you're thinking in D4 here and you're thinking about like these 25 year plans and, and stuff like that, you know, dentistry is incredibly difficult. Um, I mean, you're either going to be doing the dentistry to making the money. Your hygienist is going to be doing dentistry to make the money, or you're going to have associates that work for you, or you're going to have other business opportunities because the money only comes from those places. And, you know, coming back to what I was saying with freedom of time, money, and energy, how do you create all those things? So there's, you have to be very, very intentional with what your plans are to create all those. And, um, you know, I sat down literally on a, uh, I think it was on an IHOP napkin on the back of it and just like drew up like what it is. I actually have it framed in my upstairs office. Uh, my, my, uh, my COO, she took that for me, took a picture of it and she framed it. It was like it, uh, I think it was like, uh, maybe about seven years into it. And she's like, isn't it weird that your plan that you created has actually come together. Um, and it was really cool seeing that, you know, little stick figure diagram and everything that I'd created literally, you know, three years out of dental school. Cause you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do after dental school. I didn't know if I wanted to get into private practice. Um, I did an AGD with the Air Force that was just amazing. Uh, learned a lot of technical skills and uh, just, just you know, different things. So it was, it, it was a great, great experience along the way. Right. I want to go into what you were saying there about removing yourself from the equation. So that's kind of like uh, E-Myth Revisit. You ever read that? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. On the bookshelf over here. Where yeah. we're but all of those and that's exactly what he's saying um you got for those of you who don't want to read uh a book they have like a 15 minute summary video on youtube you can watch that so yeah just get on audible it's there you can listen to yes sarah and her pies things like that you know you gotta gotta do it but no it's it's important i mean that's the thing there's you know in the e-myth they talk about all the different stuff with being the technician being the manager being the entrepreneur um and all, all three of those things are critical, but just because you're good at, you know, a certain craft doesn't necessarily make you good at your business. Um, and again, your business, you have to remove yourself from that. So what I was able to do in, in our business is, you know, like I wanted all of those things. I mean, I, you know, dentistry, I was, I was good at dentistry. I wasn't the best by any means. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that were, definitely more clinically skilled than I was. Um, you know, but when you come down to managing and being an entrepreneur, I mean, entrepreneur is about having the vision. Managing is about just understanding people and, and holding them accountable to your vision and the systems that you set up. I, I don't think people truly, truly give the communication skills and the, you know, just the, I guess, a genuine empathy for other human beings as much validity as they should. I think they think, oh, I'm a great dentist. I'm gonna do this, but you know, we we taught our dentists when I when I was trying to essentially replicate myself in the business and bring associates. Um, I always focused on three things, and it was we called it SLC, you know, so for Salt Lake City, but instead for sales, leadership, and clinical. So there's a heavy focus on on your sales ability. There was a heavy focus on your leadership ability, um, and definitely there was a, a, a huge component to your clinical ability. Um, but business is all about that. And it wasn't just focused to the doctors. It was focused to our entire team. Um, 
And I think I, you know, with our business, it, to me, it was more about the development of the person than it ever was the development of the clinician. You know, if you can develop human beings, because at, at the end of the day, that's what we all want. You know, we want to be on that path to growth. I mean, Apex kind of became this metaphor for life. That, that was the name of my offices, by the way, was Apex Dental. Um, and uh, it was kind of a metaphor for life. You know, you, you reach one apex and you, get, you go for the next apex, you know, and you just kind of, it's that continual journey of growth uh, for the individual. Um, right. And, that's principles, Ray Dalio. You're, you just, you're on a roll with all these uh, theoretical things, all these books. <laughs> dude, my, my, I, I could show you like all the different books up there, man. We'll have to talk here. I give you a list of all my books that just, it, it's so important to continue the education process. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm very happy, happy with the success I reached at a, at a young age, in, older than you guys, of course, but, um, and there's a lot of people that have done it better than me, but this, this definitely worked and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable at 42 feeling, feeling pretty good right now. So yeah. I'd say you did uh, pretty well for yourself selling eight practices at 42. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. If you ask me, Dr. Mayor, do you miss clinical dentistry? Like now that you sold your practices? Not even a little bit. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I tell you what, look, I, I enjoyed it. I, I always enjoyed uh, wisdom teeth. Like I enjoyed wisdom teeth. I enjoyed implants. Um, but to be honest with you, no, I, I don't. And um, it's not that I, so I actually got out of clinic in 2015. So I had four years of just running the business. Um, to me, this, this, this is what, this is what set it off for me. It was, uh, I enjoyed people, but I, again, it came back to the freedom of time, money, and energy. And I remember I was sitting in my, I was sitting in an operatory. It was probably the fifth or sixth time that I had seen this lady. I, I was adjusting her occlusion that day. It was like her crown was high. You know, I could never get it right. She was complaining about this, complaining about that. And it was just dumping snow outside. Um, and, I'm a, and I'm a huge skier, love it. And I was just staring out at the mountain and I could see up at like Snowbird Ski Resort. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, why am I not up in the mountain? You know, because like, because at, at that time I realized like, you know, I really just have a glorified job. Like I've got to do something different. And so I put the, you know, I had the plan that I'd put together and I just started putting the pieces in place. Um, and I think as, as dentists, a lot of us are type A personalities. We want to, um, we want to do everything. But when you can take a step back and realize that there's probably other people that can do other things better than you can, you know, bring them into your business and, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't let the ego get in the way, uh, of, of your success. And I think that's what happens way too often in, in dentistry, unfortunately. Right. So, um, for people to kind of take over certain jobs that, you know, might be better done by them than yourself. You, you mentioned earlier that you have a COO and, Cole and I and Matt, we were talking about COOs before this, um, mm -hmm. before, before our interview here. So at what point did you kind of realize, okay, let me start creating a C-suite. Uh, how, do, how do you hire? Did you, so did you hire like a COO from like a you know, huge company or how did you do that? No, no. It was just internal. She was, a, she was an office manager at another location and she was an office leader uh, at one of the locations. It, it wasn't until it wasn't until my third practice when I started thinking about that. Um, it was really on the fourth and fifth when I decided, okay, I need, there's a couple people that, that we needed. And it wasn't, uh, let's see, it was at practice number three when I brought on like a marketing director, um, you know, and so there, there's a variety of different ways that you can, can approach it. But I, I think the thing that's important, like, I mean, cause you know, all of us could sit here and talk for the next, you know, 20 hours about how to, how to run a practice. And there's so many different ways to run it. But I, but I hope the people that are watching this, like if they can get one thing out of it, like I try to keep things super, super simple. And so as you're running your practices and you're starting with one, you know, you got to think of like, okay, what, what do we have to do here in our practice? So there, there was a saying that we had in our practice and it was this, it was, market, schedule, treat, collect, refer, repeat. And that's all we focused on. So market, schedule, treat, collect, refer, repeat. So what, what did we do? So marketing. All right, guys, we've got to find a way 
to get as many butts in this door and keep them here. So how do we get our message out there to the community that we're the best dental office you know, in this area? And what happens is people tend to overcomplicate marketing. Marketing is literally just telling people what you do and why you're different. Um, and you know, we were general dental practice. We had all hours, all locations. It was always about quality and convenience. And you know, we ran you know different flyers. We had a great internal marketing program. But there's only so much that marketing could do. And so you know, I mean, there's there's a variety of different things we could talk about marketing, but you know, it was always get the people in the door. Let's keep them here. Let's get them to, you know, let's provide enough value to them to they want to stay. And, and, and I think that's uh, an important point to remember, too, is that money follows value. You know, if you if you want more money or maybe your bank account's not as high as you want it to be, it's probably because you're not providing enough value in the world. And so that was always important to me is like, you know, when this person comes into our location, how are we going to make them feel like this is not a dental office? You know, everything that had been out there, what do we, what do we do differently? Um, so there was, so there was that, you know, marketing, and then there was scheduling. All right. There's got to be a specific way that we schedule them. So marketing only gets people to really like call the, or I guess, excuse me, marketing leads gets people to call on the phone, but there's got to be a proper way for us to answer the phones. There's got to be a proper way for us to schedule. And so you schedule the patient accordingly. Patient comes in the door, you've got to treat them right. So the treating, a lot of people think treating like, okay, let's drill a hole in their tooth and you know, plug the hole up. That's like the, that's like the last thing that you do. I mean, the, the entire orchestrated process is about how you treat that person when they come into your office. So, I mean, someone come walking into their office, We'd get up, I'd have, you know, shake their hands when you could actually shake hands in this world rather than just like fist bump and, you know, plexiglass or something that, that we have to do these days. But, you know, walk around, give them a bottle of water, show them around the clinic. It's, it's, it's no different than if somebody came into your, into your home, what would you do? It's not like, hey, sit down, tell me about yourself. Like, let's go on. It's like, hey, let me show you around my house. Like, let me, let me show you what we can do here together. And then you know, you're there to solve their needs. So the only way that you can solve that is by, you know, interviewing them, finding out about them as human beings, finding out what their wants are, their needs are, and, you know, why they're coming there. So, um, and, and forgive me if I'm rambling on, you guys jump oh, in here. Sorry, this is fantastic. So I, I'm kind of looking at this like, okay, this is exactly what you need to do for that first practice and just, you know, a new dentist, right? So, yeah. 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 So, so here's the, so new dentist, like literally keep it simple. Don't, don't make it complicated. Don't get all crazy or anything like, you know, buying 10 different courses and paying thousands and thousands of dollars to all these different, you know, consultants. And I, I'm kind of an anti-consultant. I, it drives me crazy. The consulting world, uh, just because I think there's a lot of crap, and a lot of crap out there that just, you need to stay away from it. Just, and I don't, I don't know how, if, what, what this program's rated, but if we get, we, if we get talking too much about consultants, you might hear a few, few words come out of my mouth here or something, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, yeah. So there's gotta be that process of taking care of that patient. Um, so the market schedule, you treat them at the same time, you've got to collect. Uh, I don't know when it started in dentistry that we feel like we have to do this stuff for free. I mean, you guys know being in school, you guys have a shit ton of, of dental debt or, you know, of the student debt, mm -hmm. unless you're in the military or you've got some deep pockets behind you. Debt is a very, very real thing and it's expensive. And you guys have, you know, busted your butts. You've, you've gone to, you know, done all these classes, done all these courses, all these sleepless nights of studying. There's a lot of value into what you guys have learned and in the education that you're getting, even watching this program right now. Um, and that's, that's valuable and you should expect to get paid for it. And, you know, for whatever reason, it, you know, people, they devalue themselves. And if, if you truly believe that what you're doing is providing value to the patient, you should feel very good about, you know, receiving compensation for it. There, there's nothing wrong 
with getting compensated properly for, for doing a job. And you know what, there's, there's plenty of patients that'll pay for it. The ones that don't want to pay for it, move on to the next patients. You, your business is there to serve your community. It's there to serve your life. It's there to serve your employee's life. You know, you, you have a moral obligation to run a sound, solid business because if you're not, you can't pay your vendors. You can't give raises to your team. You can't, you know, hey, even, even buy the things that you want in your personal life. Um, and, you know, and on top of that, you can't even like donate more to your community. You know, it was really cool. We were really good at running our business so efficiently that over four years, every year, what we would do is we would run this, uh, this event called Smiles for Success. And it was for our community. The first year we ran it, it was one free cleaning, one free extraction or one free filling. And they, they could just pick. Over the course of three years, we did little over a half million dollars worth of free dentistry and donated supplies just on those one day. So like it, that, we're talking the matter of like, let's see, it was over four days is what we did it. Um, and so the reason why we were able to do those kind of things is because we ran an efficient business. We collected the money when it was owed to us. Um, and I, and I had just some amazing people that were just so good at that. And so that's, you know, collect for your services. Right. And so, you know, market schedule, treat, collect, and then refer. So how do we turn every patient that comes through our office into an extension of our marketing arm? How do we get them to refer to us? How do we get them to tell their friends and family about us, or maybe post on their social media about us and literally become that free marketing arm. That's, that is your least expensive, easiest way to grow your practice. Get the word of mouth going. Um, you know, when I first started in some practices that we were getting maybe six to six to 15 new patients, uh, at the time that we sold, we were getting over, you know, across the, the practices, we were getting over 500 new patients a month. Um, and uh, a lot of it was because the individual programs that we were doing. Right. So and, can you, can you throw me a bone here and give me like uh, one of your best like internal marketing strategies that you use? Yeah. So, um, well, with internal marketing, it was super easy uh, to do, you know, number one, I think people, they, they ask for referrals incorrectly. Um, but we create, so we created these VIP programs within our practices um, and the VIP, like anybody who would refer three people to us, we had the annual patient giveaway. And we did some big giveaways. Uh, first year we gave away a car. Uh, uh -oh. Next year we gave, next year we gave away a uh, a ten thousand dollar vacation package. Um, now here's here's the beautiful thing. You know when you have multiple offices, um, you can do these bigger things. But we did our first patient giveaway with the car when we were at uh, three offices. Wow. But you know it was a Kia Soul, um, and it wasn't. Uh, I mean it was fifteen grand, so it was five. It was five grand uh, a pop you know, for an office, but you know, the, the buzz that was generated from that was huge. We had, we rented out a movie theater and we had people bring like a friend uh, with them and we played games that night and, you know, did all these like fun events, but it, but it became part of our internal program, these, just these big giveaways. Um, and then, you know, we did, uh, you know, let's see the last year that I, that we did it. Um, let's see, we did uh, pay your mortgage for a year. Oh, and wow. so, Awesome. It was a thousand dollars a month for 10 straight months. So it was literally just, you know, individual things there, but people would give us, you know, I mean, they'd give us referrals all day long to get invited to those events. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was really, really, really kind of cool. So patient events. Right. You said it was just, you know, a thousand dollars a month for 10 straight months, but to that patient, I mean, that's everything. That's yeah. 10 months of their mortgage that you took off their back. Well, first of all, mar that's like marketing. Just the fact that you're giving away a car, that's like nobody does that, you know? So that's a, a piece of marketing in itself. But so you, you charge that to your marketing budget? Is that how you just did it? Yeah. 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 Just, I mean, it was a, it was an expense okay. that we wrote off, you know? Right. I mean, it was What was your like, percentage of your overhead that you allotted to marketing? So now that, that's a great question, um, you know, and this, that's a discussion that we can get into here. Um, it totally depends on what you want to do with your practice. Um, at any given time, we were in the five to 10%, uh, you know, of our, of our budget. 
lot of people will say 3% or less. Uh, you know, we would put at a minimum 5%. If, if I was going 10%, it's because we had just acquired a new practice or I had just started a new practice. Um, of those eight practices that I had, two of them were orthodontics practices um, and the, the other six were general dental. Um, I had started, let's see, there was two, let's, one general dental and then both orthos were started from scratch. Um, and then the orthos were individually, but when we needed to grow a little bit more or we needed to run maybe a different program, we would bump that marketing budget up. Um, if I was bringing on new associates, if I was knew that we were going to be acquiring a new practice, I would bump it up. Um, and again, it just depended. But then when we were smooth running there for a little while, we would drop the marketing budget down. So we were constantly adapting to, to the environment, but you know, the guys that go out and say, Oh, you know, I'm going to spend like 3% of my you know budget. All right, great. You know, you're going to, you're going to probably see this with your practice, like a slow, slow growth. But I, I really wanted to get things moving quickly uh, just because that's kind of the way my brain works and it paid off. <laughs> right. And I was listening to, uh, are you familiar with uh, Tim McNamara or McNamara? He's I, no. Okay. So he was explaining today um, that, um, so basically with marketing, that's the one KPI that you watch that is totally different than the others with regards to ROI. So you compare your marketing um, to your top line rather than your bottom line, to your overall revenue rather than, you know, what, what you're profiting. So, and for that reason, it's because, um, like, let's say you put in a thousand dollars into marketing and you get back $2,000, Like you, you could do that all day. That, that might not be the case with, you know, some dental material, some composite or something that, that was the way that I understood it from him. And I thought that that was a very unique perspective. You know, it's, it's, it's not a bad way of looking at it. And again, but I mean, I, to me, that's, not really that valuable. Um, and, and the re reason why I say that is when I look, when I look at marketing, this, this is what I wanted to know. If I'm going to give you a dollar, okay. I want $10 in return for my marketing. I, I wanted it. I wanted a 10 X. Okay. And I wanted the patient acquisition cost to remain down. So if I, I had a set budget. Okay. So let, let's say we had a set bed budget of, you know, $5,000. Okay. And, and let, let's make it easy. Let's say, you know, $1,500 because I expected my marketing director to deliver a patient to me for an acquisition cost of $150 or less. Okay. And that's very doable in our market. Now that's going to vary per market. And so I, I mentioned earlier about data driven decisions. Business is so critical about knowing your numbers. I knew every single number in our practice like the back of my hand. I mean, it was like, okay, you know, what is it that we need to spend so we can acquire this? Cause so then that way, if I wanted to grow by 50 patients, I knew how much money I had to spend to get to there. But I also wanted to know what those 50 patients were going to bring me. So in our, in our individual locations, I knew that if we gave this doctor 10 patients, he was going to produce this many, this much dollars. Now that was data that was gathered over time. But I knew in one practice, this one guy, he was always producing right around $2,000 per new patient. So if we gave him 30 new patients that month, he was going to produce about $60,000. I mean, and he was always within four, you know, five or $10,000 on, on, you know, on either swing of the things. So you have to take that money and know, okay, if I spend this much dollars, how many patients can I realistically expect? And more importantly, how many dollars are those patients going to bring into our practice? And so you do that by literally taking and, you know, coming back to what you'd said, your collections divided by your number of new patients, what did that bring you? So, you know, if it's so hard to, it's, it's easy to say, Hey, go spend a thousand dollars. That's going to bring you 2000. Well, how the hell do you track that? Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it was just an example. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and, and that's fine. And that's, that's okay. But, and again, that, not saying that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, but it's, it's, uh, it's kind of poorly explained because it's like, well, you know, they have these marketing agencies or you have these marketing dollars. Like if you go and spend $2,000 on a mailer, how many patients should you realistically expect to get out of that? And if, and if a marketing agency can't tell you that you're probably working with the wrong marketing agency. Exactly. Um, 
And here, here's the thing. They, you also got to look at, and, and one thing that I think we did really, really well at Apex is there was an extreme amount of accountability that we had. Um, if the phone was ringing and we didn't convert that patient, that, that was on us. That, that, that was our issue. That was the way that we closed that sell on the phone. That wasn't the marketing agency's fault or that wasn't my marketing director's fault. It was, can we actually get this, convince this person to now come into our office? Right. And I think, you know, coming back to like this whole like premise of like, you know, what it is like that people should be focusing on. To me, it's so much about like, how do we improve ourselves? How do we grow ourselves? How do we hold ourselves more accountable? So as us as a team, we can grow this entire, you know, one office to the next office and repeat what we did and repeat what we did and repeat what we did and go, go on from there. Um, and so that, that takes an enormous amount of self-reflection. It takes an enormous amount of self-accountability and it just takes an incredible team along the way to help you do that. Right, right. And I think, uh, so just to jump back for a minute, Dr. Joe, we talked about, you know, you have these great marketing strategies and this whole slew of plans, you know, while you had everything in place and you kind of found it along the way. And you talked about earlier, we talked about, you had a, a great uh, napkin that you wrote down that you even framed about, you know, framing your practice and how exactly you wanted to execute everything. You were able to do that, which is amazing. So, you know, you spent eight years in the Air Force, right? So can you kind of walk us through? So you did your one-year AEGD residency and yeah. then after the Air Force. So what was your first step then? So we talked about school, right. we talked Air Force. So like, what was your first step then in making these eight offices yeah. possible? I mean, we got know? so carried away. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's okay, yeah. man. And I, and I ramble on, you know, forgive me for that. Oh, but. It's great. We're learning so much from it. But, but yeah, Dr. No, um, honestly, it was super easy. I came, uh, I came back home out of being active duty and I pulled up a list of jobs that, that was needing dentists and I was an associate for a year. I went to, went to a practice, uh, worked for this guy. Um, he paid me a percentage on production and I just busted my butt for that year, just trying to make money and, and get a house for me and my family, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't. And, uh, I actually, I had looked at buying that practice. Uh, the dentist had wanted to sell it to me. Um, but the numbers, I could just never make sense of the numbers. Like they, what he was asking for it, it just didn't make sense. And so, um, started looking for other places to work, uh, as an associate, um, actually found my, he ended up being my business partner through this whole process. Uh, another guy, uh, found him through a Patterson rep and went in and met him. Um, super interesting story. I'll have to tell you about another time. Um, but, you know, met him and talked to, you know, just kind of said, Hey, this is kind of what I want to do. You know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, why don't you come work for me? And, you know, in six months, if you're, uh, you know, if things are working out, then we'll do this whole process. So, um, he actually had, he, he had just started another practice and he had this other crappy practice that these associates were just destroying. But the thing that was really interesting is the practice that he had that the associates were destroying, the numbers were amazing. They were, they, they had all the recipe for success. And so I just said to him, I said, Hey, I said, you know, instead of dumping that other practice, why don't you go, why don't you let me work that practice? You stay working this one. And then if you like what you see in six months, let's join forces and we'll, you know, here's my napkin. Let's, let's go on this adventure together. Right. So he, he actually, um, his, uh, his name is John, just, just a fantastic human being. Um, partnerships can definitely work. Uh, people that say that they, they don't work. Um, I mean, our, our whole vision that we had was, you know, we were going to do the comfort dental model. Uh, we were going to do, you know, the four dentists in each practice. I don't, I don't know if you guys have, have studied much of that. Um, but it, it was a repeatable thing. What I found though is when we hired like one of our first associates is everybody wants the benefits of ownership, but they don't want the bad sides of ownership. You know, every, everybody wants to be an owner until you tell them what they have to do to be an owner, like a, a real owner, you know? No, what they want when they say they want to be an owner is they want more profits. Okay. Well, if you want more profits, you also have to be okay with they're not being the money in the checkbook or in the bank account and what are you going to do to replenish it? And so it was John and I, we owned all eight practices together, just the two of us. We owned them 50, 50. And 
uh, we had one associate that owned 25% of one practice. Um, and then the rest were W2 employees. Okay. And so um, we ended up, I think at most at one time, we ended up having like 13 associates is, is what it was uh, among the eight practices. Um, but we, we had a, just an awesome team. So that's, that's a very, very quick thing um, from how we grew from one, you know, one to eight, uh, basically. Right. But you said, uh, so you said you built one of the orthos from the ground up and then ended up acquiring the other one. So obviously, you know, the, you said the rest of them, the six were general dentistry. So, you know, kind of, how does that work? So when, did you build the first ortho first or acquire the ortho practice? No. So what we actually did is I actually, so at the time I had five general dental practice, or excuse me, I'm sorry. I had three general dental practices and we had an orthodontist that was coming into our practice doing ortho for us. And as we started to grow the ortho department, he was just getting in the way of the general dentist. It was taking up too much space. And we were building a new building at the time. Um, we were building, you know, we, we'd gone from five operatories. We were going to essentially what ended up being a, a 15 operatory building, but it, it was two separate businesses. So we had eight on the general dental side and uh, I'm sorry, eight on the general dental side. And then we had six ortho chairs with three consult rooms. So, um, we were just growing the ortho too much <clears throat> and the general dental was growing. I'm just like, why, why do we just not have an ortho practice in here? You know, like, like let's, cause, cause they're completely different models. You, you cannot run a general dental model the same way that you run an ortho model. Ortho is super high volume, super fast pace. You know, you can, it's the setup is different and you know, we just kind of learned from our own mistakes along the way. So I did that. And then there was another ortho practice. Uh, up by one of our other general dental clinics that became available. And so we ended up acquiring that one. Um, it's, it's funny, like as you start to become available in your community and as you start to get on the radar, practices start to present themselves to you. Um, and people want to join the network. They want to see the growth and they want to, you know, they want the headaches and the stress taken off of them. And so you, you form a, a good enough reputation in the community. You can, you, you certainly provide those opportunities. Right. And you so, talk, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, Seth. So, uh, well, one of the things I just want to bring up is um, how did you keep going into the next practice? So, first of all, how were you able to secure the bank loans? Did they just look at your total equity and just all your assets and just look at that? Or how, how did that work? Yeah, banks suck. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the, uh, they want everything and anything tied up. Now, it, <clears throat> Here's the thing, you either have to use a bank loan, which is probably the best and easiest thing because you know, you're gonna pay them back money with a percentage of, you know, of, you know on top of it. That's how, that's how bank loans work. And they're gonna wanna tie up your house. They're gonna wanna tie up your cars. They're gonna wanna like hold everything. And honestly, like that never mattered to me. Um, it, it's either that or you bring in partners that have money and if you know, if you want to spread out the risk a little bit more, you can bring in partners. Um, if it, I, I always looked at partnerships of, of two things: you either bring money or knowledge, and preferably both. Now, banks, I mean, you're forming a partnership with them, right? So they're bringing the money, and they're expecting a return on their money. And so I literally, at that time, it's just like, hey, here's here's where I'm at with my personal debt. Here's where I'm at with our, you know, production numbers. And banks, it's a numbers game to them. Can you pay back the loan? And if you can pay back the loan, <clears throat> in addition to all your personal loans and student loans and everything like that, they're going to give you the money. Right. You know? And so they may want to see you go out and you know, build your speed a little bit. Because, I mean, they looked at my production numbers. They, looked, they, they didn't look at my collection numbers because that was different. They, they looked at the tax returns for the business. And it's like, okay, can we afford to give this guy the money? And they did, you know, so um, I went to Bank of America. I used Bank of America for every single one of my practices. I actually self-funded three of them, uh, you know, as we were growing. Yeah. I, it's, I took money from one practice and, you know, as we were being profitable there and just use, use the money there. So um, <clears throat> it, was, it was nice on that side because I didn't have to go to the bank to get the money. Um, and as you grow <clears throat> and as you get bigger, you can do those kind of things. Right. So, Dr. Joe, you've probably seen me here 
I've got all these post-it notes now just filled with questions. Like, I so we could go on forever. But um, let, I, I just want to um, say, like, this has been an awesome conversation. We definitely, definitely need to, like, go even deeper next time. We'll, we'll get into the marketing. We'll get into exactly, like, how did you go through each one of the practices and when is it time to get to the next practice? And then, of course, I want to talk about that final uh, sale there and how that was structured. All That stuff is awesome. Love all that. So yeah. if you don't mind, uh, would you uh, tell our listeners how they can contact you, your new exciting stuff coming up, and uh, any Instagram, Facebook, any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the easy, easiest way to contact me, I mean, if you want to find out more about me, you can just go to my website. It's called thedocsedge.com. So just thedocsedge.com. It's super easy. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, just my name, super easy. Just Joe Mayo. Um, I, my Instagram handle is joe.mayo. Um, you can, all my contact information's on that website. Um, that's actually like where I have on there is the dental one week MBA course. Um, and you know, you, you and I have talked about that a little bit. The one thing that you'll get is as a dental student is you're going to get everybody in this world that's going to be able to tell you what you're supposed to do with your money. Okay. And at the end of the day, only you know what you're supposed to do with your money. When I got out of practice, I had no dreams of being a consultant. I had no dreams of uh, doing any of that. In fact, I've actually got several other business adventures that I'm involved in that have nothing to do with dentistry um, that are just, just kind of fun. But I wanted to give something to our profession that actually provided like real tangible value. And it didn't have to be expensive. It's just literally the nuts and bolts. What does it take to properly run your dental practice? And so I created that one week dental MBA course. Um, and in fact, like with the, the great thing about it is the course is super inexpensive. And, you know, most of the people that are listening to it right now, um, I think the normal price of the uh, course is like six ninety nine, seven hundred bucks. Um, you get uh, 12 hours of CE. If any of your listeners want to do it, they're dental students, throw in the code DSV50 and that'll get them to them for like 50% off. So they can get it for like three forty nine. Honestly, if they end up going on and buying the course, they're not happy with it. I'll give them their money back 100% guaranteed. Like that, that thing, the thing is, is right now is like, you guys have so much to learn, like in, in your dental school. I have a ton of dental students that have bought that course. I have a lot of associates because it, it is that roadmap. How do you set up your marketing? How do you set up your operations? How do you set up you know, your internal systems? How do you set up businesses within your business? And honestly, like within the first three months, the people that have actually taken this and implemented it, they're seeing their practices explode 10 times, hundred times. Like it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, easy thing. And, you know, you don't need to pay a consultant tens of thousands of dollars to hold their hand. Like you don't need it. Don't pay for that. This, I literally, like I, I formulated this course to, you know, cover the production costs. Guys, I, I don't need the money. I really don't. Like it's not, uh, it's, here's a course for you. This is what you need to know. Stop listening to all the other bullshit that's out there and make it easy on yourself, you know, and just literally like make it easy on yourself. And that's, you know, you can contact me there. You can message me on Facebook, whatever's the easiest way. So um, contact these guys. They've got my number. If they're nice enough, they can give it to you guys, you know, whatever. But um, I'm happy to answer already. any and all questions. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Dr. Joe, you, you follow him and you see, I, I, I was looking at your story yesterday. You're in the, in the middle of the mountains biking and stuff like, but yeah. one of the, a couple of days ago, but that was wild. You're on the side of the mountain. And is that night and you like, uh, Oh, is that when I crashed? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, is, is that that one? Probably. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's not something that I'm going to put on my highlight reel. I was, uh, I, I was actually up chasing some elk, uh, that night. I was just like, just, just chasing around, seeing like what they were doing. And, uh, um, I was coming back on my bike and then I came around this corner and there was a deer that was sitting in the middle of the trail and I slammed on the brakes, went over my handlebar. Um, 
Yeah, Leonard Wright and some horse crap. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a fun. <laughs> He's on his uh, ATV right here. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah what, kind of, what kind of dogs do you that's, have? That's what I'm saying. You know, you know what's cool is uh because I actually have an outdoor nutrition company right now that we're just getting started. That's what running a good business will allow you to do. It allows you that freedom and that time and money and energy to go do the things that you want to do. So I love spending time with my kids. I mean, for the last six months, I've been a stay at home parent, you know, um, I'll go up and, you know, take my kids up somewhere. We'll go up to the condo up there at solitude because man, there, there are so many more things important in life than being a slave to your business. And I hope that that course enables people to have that freedom more than anything. Cause that, that's, that's what it did for me. Um, and took, I literally took, uh, all the different things I learned from great mentors along the way, school of hard knocks and just, you know, what's the best things from each thing and, and how can we make this, you know, a tangible learning experience for people. And that's it. Love it. All right. Well, we can leave it at that. Dr. Joe, until next time, bye bye. I'll do it again, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks guys. All right, guys, that'll do it for another episode of the Dental Student Vibes podcast. That was Dr. Joe Mayo teaching us everything we need to know about managing multi-practices and a successful DDSO type model. So as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns for Dr. Joe Mayo, hit us up. We'll direct them directly to him and we'll have him answer them and um, we'll get those out to you. As always, stay safe and bye bye.